All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Bcast. It is Monica, and I am going to uh, be your facilitator, moderator today because we are in our second woman in the Be Willing series. Last week, we talked about Mary, which was so rich mm-hmm. and deep, and mm-hmm. you need to go check that out. Um, yeah. And today, we are going to talk about Deborah, and Amber is going to bring us the goods Deborah. today. She's going to talk Deb, about the B.A. Debbie. The little B.A. Debbie. Debbie. Oh, little Debbie. A little Debbie. Troublemaker. Fierce about her pastries. Yes. We got funked up things and bad asses. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sarah, Leave we can't take Sarah. her anywhere. <laughs> now we're going to have to put the little E next to this. Uh, we always <laughs> We've never had an explicit icon, and now we're going to have to have explicit about about time. Time. Three and a half years, we've never had to have a little red E. We're going to have one now. Uh, we've been clean. if we did, like, a funny... <laughs> We'd lose, we'd lose oh, that would be awesome. So, Deborah. Um, Deborah is found in the book of Judges. Have y'all ever read mm-hmm. through Judges? Not through. I've dabbled. I it have. is weird. There's some weird stuff. <laughs> yes. Yeah. There's some weird stuff in the book of the Judges. Bu- through the year, you know, the Bible through yeah. the year. <laughs> that was like some hard stuff to get yeah. through. Yeah. It's just Andy was saying, like, this, this is why we need to remember that not all of Scripture is prescriptive some of it is just descriptive mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's some stuff in there that you're like I, I just don't... has some deep thoughts oh you don't even know what's inside that brain he is, <laughs> he's got a lot uh he's so smart when it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff but but yeah there was one the the chapter right before deborah if any of you go and read it just just like holler at me and let me know what you think because it's kind of actually hilarious. It's about a fat king that gets killed. <laughs> That's honestly. <laughs> and then he he dies, and then everybody thinks he's just in the bathroom taking a long time. Honestly, that's what no. happens. Yeah, it's wow. hilarious because I was trying to read like before Deborah to get a little context. I was like, you know, there's some weird stuff in the Book of Judges. Listen, so, yeah. That so that's hilarious. Judges 3. Deborah, though, is found in Judges 4 and 5. Uh, chapter 4 is really the story of Deborah. Um, and then chapter 5 is Deborah's version of the story. She writes a poem or a song about what happened. Hmm. And another poem. Another, another poem, song. another song. And it's actually regarded as one of the most uh, well done like pieces of poetry in the entire Bible. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Even more than like the Song of Miriam. or? Yeah. Uh, it's really beautiful. So um, let's talk about Deborah's name. Her name means bee, like bumblebee. Really? Yeah. I bee. thought you meant like bee, I like be still. And I was like, <gasps> not be still, no. But it means like a like a bee. It's actually kind of the opposite. Well, that would like kind of go together, wouldn't it? Yeah. For her personality. Yes, very much so. she was a little so. worker bee. She was, she was a busy one for mm-hmm. sure. Um, as far as her family connections, we don't really know anything about where she came from. There's nothing about her lineage um, other than her husband. We do know that she was married. Um, so I'm going to just tell you the story of Deborah, kind of sum up chapter 4 in Judges for you really quick okay. so that you have some context. It's approximately 1,125 B.C., um, and the Israelites had a wor- this is kind of the theme of judges, honestly, like the Israelites are wicked. They start worshiping idols and yep. then there God says that he'll hand them over to be, um, you know, captive again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's kind of what has happened. So the Israelites were wicked and worshiping idols. And so God handed them over to their enemy who at this time was Jobin, king of Canaan. Yep. And, uh, Sisera was his, the commander of Jobin's army and uh, Sisera cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years. Um, it was noted that 
uh, Cicero had 900 chariots, and that was a really incredible um, army awesome. for the time. Yeah. yeah. And I was a little bit confused by that at first, but then after Andy and I like looked at the text, it was 900 chariots plus his army of men. So it was even more than that because that that was just like wow yeah so it was he had he had a very strong um reign over the israelites and treated them very cruelly it says that deborah was the prophet um and was leading israel and operated under a palm tree that was known as the palm of deborah no Mm -hmm. way which i found really interesting because the palm tree had a lot of significance for tamar right um because the name tamar actually means palm tree right so i thought that that was interesting um, she, so, uh, Deborah was ruling. She sent for Barak, who was known as a man of strength and influence in the community and told him that God had told her to tell him to go out and that God would deliver Sisera to Barak. And this is verse eight. It says, Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. And that was her husband. Well, we don't we know. think maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We'll touch on that here okay. a little bit. Um, uh, so, but he was definitely the general of like Israel. She, yeah. And so, um, she went to him and said like, you need to go. God says you need to go. And he's like, well, if you go with me, I'll go. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going, (laughs) which is crazy. That's crazy, right? Then verse nine, certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Ooh. Ooh. She, yes. she Surely that? that was not her husband. <laughs> <laughs> she talked to him like that. She did that. not talk to him like that. Well. Um, so then Deborah and Barak ride into battle. Um, and even though the Israelites were outnumbered, they still defeated the Canaanites. And Sisera, the, um, the commander, fled on foot. He left his chariot and fled on foot. And all of his troops fell by the sword. It said not a single man was left. Wow. wow. But Sisera escaped. Then uh, Sisera escaped to the house of Herber, Heber, um, and Hebers, who was a, um, an ally for Sisera and for the Canaanites. So he escaped to that house, and uh, Heber's wife, Jael, came outside and greeted him and said, come inside, I'll give you, you know, some food and drink and get you some rest and all this kind of stuff. So she helped make him comfortable, uh, but then when he fell asleep, it says he fell into a deep sleep, that she took a tent peg and drove it through his temple to the ground and killed him. Dang. Wow. <laughs> Women power. And wow. so Cicero was delivered into the hands of a of woman. A woman. Wow. Who was supposed to be an ally for it, but she acted on behalf of the Israelites. Wow. Um, Israel declared their freedom, and then Deborah ruled for another 40 years, and Israel experienced peace and prosperity for those 40 years wow. that Deborah ruled. Yeah. Wow. So that's the story of Deborah. That's pretty much that's like pretty what's given to us, like in the scripture. That's yeah. what, what she's known for. But there are a lot of different aspects of like who she, she was that I want to touch on that I just think is so. It's so cool. Okay, so let's talk about Deborah, the wife. It says in the scripture that she was the wife of Lapidoth. And there's a little bit of like back and forth about this because Lapidoth means torch or lightning flashes. Um, uh, but Lapidoth, we, if you think of like him as a, a torch or like a bright shining mm-hmm. person, we actually never would have heard of him mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Deborah. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that his name means yeah. light. It almost sounds like you're saying Lapidoth. <laughs> It's laugh, laugh it off, y'all. L a p p i d o t h. 
<laughs> contemporary <laughs> Jewish and Christian feminist interpreters have suggested that Deborah's designated uh, woman or wife of Lapidoth can be actually translated as woman of flames or woman of fire or fiery woman. <laughs> this fire is on fire. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. <laughs> or fire exactly. woman, you're to blame. Yeah. That old song yeah. from the cult. Yes. <laughs> so that's been kind of a back and forth. Like people aren't really sure. Huh. But um, it could mean that that was like her husband and his name meant flames. Or it could be translated that um, she was she, a woman of fire. Yeah. I think that's it. She <laughs> I know. Was, she I, know. Was I really like fire. that. Um, another interesting fact is that Barak's name in the Hebrew means lightning flash. So that's why some people think that the Lapidoth oh, and Barak are actually the same, the same person. Because it's a very similar meaning. Because it's a very similar mm-hmm. meaning, very similar name. And it's easier to same. call someone Barak than Lapidoth. Yeah. I like Barak better than Lapidoth. I mean, laugh it off. It sounds very presidential. <laughs> You're just saying laugh it off. Just, hey, just laugh it Let's off. Let's call him L. L for short. So, but I think it's neat to think of, you know, it, it, there were a lot of different resources that I looked at, and they, it was kind of equally divided. Like, half the people thought that they were the same person, and half the people were like, no, they were different people. Yeah. Um, but I think it's interesting to think about Barack, if he was her husband, mm-hmm. um, the amount of intimacy and trust that they must have had in their relationship for him to be like I need you my wife by my side in this battle that he saw her as such a woman of strength yes that he would ask her to go with him and wisdom I'm sure and wisdom right like I'm sure that there was something that he gleaned from her in that well and then he respected her enough like instead of being like well I don't want my woman my wife yeah Yeah, like I'm the man by myself Mm -hmm. Like, that's what a yielding. Yeah. How cool well, is that? Even if he was just the general, to be like, hey, To still woman. be that way. That's right. Yeah, even either way. Either way. Like, it's Either way, very, the fact that. And it, a lot about And her. it wasn't even like, it would be great if you went with me. It was like, either you're going with me or right. I'm, I'm not, not going. going. Right. Like, it was very much. And I think that that has a lot to do with her as being the prophetess that yeah. she was, even more so than her being the judge yes, that she I was. Mean, I because that. I think that her intimacy with God and her mm-hmm. ability, yeah. I think that having her with him was almost a symbol of having God with mm-hmm. him and knowing mm-hmm. that the Lord, because he was going into a losing battle. Yeah. Right. Like there really was no way that they could win. Right. Uh, and so to have, I think, ha- knowing that she was with him uh, really represented God's presence with him at the same time. Or did he say, if you're sending me out there to get killed, you're going with Yeah, me. really. <laughs> We're going down together, sister. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> down alone. I think that says a lot about um, the role of um, women, just even in the lives of our husbands. Like, there's a yeah. lot of times... Um, we're more sensitive to what the Lord is saying or where the Lord is leading yeah. and that like Greg sometimes, I mean, he would admit this, like really relies on me mm-hmm. to tell him like, here's what I think God is saying in this situation. Cause sometimes it's hard for him to get clarity or it's yeah. harder so, yeah, for just, him to yeah. hear. And there's just yeah. a different Sorry. intimacy that he completely trusts. Yeah. And so, um, like as women in modern day, like do, do not like discount your relationship with God and how impactful it can That's be right. in speaking in your life marriage. into your marriage yeah. and into. That's well, right. and I think it's important for us to strive to be that kind of wife yes. that our husbands can trust enough to say, like, I need you there with me. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, that's who we want to be. Not, not the kind of wife that my husband, your husband's like, Ugh. you know, Oh God, I hope she doesn't want to yeah. come along. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, not her to again. be the kind of woman who exudes that kind of 
faith and yeah. um, wisdom and discernment and well and what was the the word um, for Eve Azer 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 connective and you know that the whole point of was for the for Eve to be like when we talk about helper right but it was like to be jesus to him yeah Mm -hmm. right to like come alongside of and help him where he wasn't able instead of fighting over the things that well i do this better you do that you know like or i can do that just as good as you can it was like to compliment him and to fill in the gaps yeah you know and so i think what's beautiful about that is that he realized that she helped fill in the gap yeah and wasn't threatened by it and wasn't threatened and if anything this one out to all the men needed her (laughs) If anything, like not not even not threatened, but like I cannot do this without yeah, you. Yeah, and totally right. okay with it. Yeah, totally yeah. okay to say I need you. Yeah, yes. There's I love a that. huge lesson there for all of us: wife to husband, husband to wife, female to men, men to mm-hmm. male to female. Yeah. That Is kind of relationship. Just, yeah, we don't have to be fighting against each other. We right. need to be fighting with, with each, each other, other, side by yeah. side, side by side, yin and yang. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about, uh, cause there's so much to Deborah. There's so many, we talked about this a little bit on the intro, but there's so many gender roles that mm. she just exploded. Like that doesn't apply to Deborah. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was a prophet. So let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, Deborah was one of seven female prophets listed in scripture. And I did not realize that there were seven prophetesses. How perfect. Seven prophetesses. Complete. Pro- prophetesses. Completion. Yeah. In, uh, in scripture. I did, did it name them? Huh? Did it name them? There are several that are named, several that are unnamed. Miriam mm-hmm. was one. Really? Mm-hmm. Miriam was as one. As in Aaron's? Or, yeah. Uh, yeah? Yeah, Miriam is listed wow. as a prophet. Uh, Huldah, who is who Hezekiah went to, um, uh, that she was a prophet. Um, Josiah's uh, had someone that he went to as a prophet. Or maybe that's who Josiah went to was Huldah. Then Isaiah's wife was a prophet. No way. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the New Testament, Anna, Anna. was a prophet mm-hmm. in the temple. And then Philip's daughters, he had four daughters who were gifted with prophecy. Wow. wow. We don't know their names, but we know they, they were gifted with prophecy. Interesting. So, um, yeah, I think that that's really cool. I, I had not ever mm-hmm. realized that there yeah. were so many women lifted as a gift of prophecy. And what's interesting is that um, in the days of Old Testament uh, of the Old Testament, prophets and prophetesses were the media between God and his people Israel. Yes. Yeah. And their gift to perceive and proclaim divine truth stamped them as being divinely inspired. Yep. Like that was a very high honor. In First Corinthians twelve twenty eight and in Ephesians four eleven, they both rank prophets uh, uh, as the highest um, like honor at, with the exception of being listed as an apostle. Like, wow. so they're second mm-hmm. only to apostles, which is really interesting, mm-hmm. I think. Like, that's a very high honor, mm-hmm. especially for a woman in those days. Mm-hmm. Right. I think a woman in general, but in those days especially, mm-hmm. that was um, yeah, a rare... Yeah, that was the only way people heard from God. The mm-hmm. only way. The only way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's cool that God anointed women in such a fashion to be yeah, honored in that real. way. And to have that um, authority to be able to speak God's word to other people, including men. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's an implicit in scripture. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, so uh, there were women prophets in ancient Israel and in early Christianity. And the term that is used in Hebrew and in Greek for women prophets is the same as the term used for men prophets. So 
just in case there was any question of like, well, it maybe didn't mean the same. It's the same word. It's yeah. just uh, the feminine version yeah. of that word. Yeah. Um, and that's impressive and important. I'd like to read this quote. Um, this is from, I think this one's from Sarah Bessie. No, no, no. This one's not from Sarah Bessie. Yeah, maybe it is. It's from an article. We'll link to it. It's called Women Prophets in the Bible, Remembering the Oft Forgotten. And let me just read this little paragraph for you. Women were often marginalized in the ancient world, including the biblical world, and even within the Bible itself. And women are often marginalized in the modern world. This marginalization has at times occurred and continues to occur in some religious contexts and in some religious traditions. As for me, therefore, I would emphasize that there are references to women prophets in the Bible, that is, prophetesses. These are powerful and impressive biblical facts about powerful and impressive women. And I'd like to see those texts emphasized a great deal more in the modern religious world. Therefore, let us make a concerted effort always to remember the oft-forgotten prophetesses of the Bible, some whose names we know, some whose names we never will. But let's do our part to remember and then also reflect on the important Im- implications thereof. And I just thought that was so neat because, yeah. like I said, like I didn't even know that there were women, pro- right. like how many women prophets there yeah, were in the Bible. Many? I guess maybe in the back of my mind I knew there was one or two, yeah. but... Seven's a lot. Like, that's like a, I've heard a lot about Anna. Yeah. But that's mm-hmm. like the only one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like, yeah, like Deborah, Miriam, all of these that's women, crazy. Isaiah's wife. Um, th- these were all really. Talk about Isaiah's wife because Isaiah yeah. was a prophet. Yeah, Isaiah was so a prophet. So you talk about that household. Yeah. Can you imagine? Man. <laughs> and get by with nothing in yeah. that house. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I cannot imagine at all. That would be crazy. Yeah. So I thought that that was neat it to. Um, and I think it's important for us to talk about that these women had this really important role in the scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's talk about Deborah as the judge. Um, Deborah was the fifth judge Hmm. um, of the leaders or of the leaders or judges of Israel raised up by God to deliver his people from the bondage of their idolatry had caused. And uh, instant, both word and deed, she fulfilled her role as judge at a time when men tried to do right in the sight of their own eyes. Hmm. Um, of all the leaders of the book of Judges, Deborah is shown in the best light. She is sought for her decisions. She is honorably called a mother of Israel. We don't know if she actually had children or not, um, but she is called the mother of Israel. Hmm. So she does play that motherly role for the nation, even if she doesn't play it for her own children. She boldly speaks forth God's commands. She honors God in song of victory, which is the song in chapter 5. And no scandals compared to, like, King David uh, or moral controversies like Samson are mentioned about her. So the book of Judges is fraught with controversies and scandals, and except Deborah. She's honestly, in the whole chapter, she is only portrayed as wholesome, as wise, as trusting the Lord. um, I love that it was her... um, you said she was the best light. Yeah. With the whole name about the name meeting, you know, yes. the lightning and burst of light oh, or whatever. I yeah. That was really interesting to kind of see that kind of happen and That's show up cool. again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as a judge of Israel, Deborah would have uh, a wide range of responsibilities, including deciding controversies, giving verdicts, and executing judgments. In addition, an Israelite judge was tasked with delivering the people out of self-imposed bondage and being led by God's spirit in military action. Hmm. So she was also, so she had, like, if you think about her responsibilities, um, it's similar to that of, like, the president. Yeah. Like, she was the one that they consulted about military actions. Mm -hmm. She was 
uh, people would come to her to decide, like, if there was a dispute, mm-hmm. and she would have the wisdom and the clarity to say, um, you know, this is the right course of action for you or whatever. And that's really interesting because none of the other judges were listed as prophets. And so I wonder if the fact that um, her she had that prophetic yeah. gifting and that intimacy with the Lord is why she had this kind of clean slate of a ruling. Yeah. You know, like she didn't have all of these scandals and controversies, but she's also the only one list- listed as a prophet. Yeah. So I wonder if that is telling about her yeah. relationship with God and, and that kind of dual relationship that she had in the scripture um as the position of a woman in those days was of a distinctly subordinate character deborah's prominence as a ruler is somewhat remarkable all israel was under her jurisdiction and from the palm tree bearing her name the palm of deborah and elsewhere called the sanctuary of the palm she dispensed righteousness justice and mercy after the victory over the nation's foes she ruled with um equity a land that had rest from war and captivity for 40 years i wanted to kind of i was thinking about that and i wanted to put that in perspective for us like having a period of peace for 40 years um in the 241 years that the united states has existed as a nation we have had a total of 21 years of peace wow the longest consecutive time of peace for the united states is six years wow that's actually really sad to think about but when you think about Deborah, her entire ruling, right. 40 years having no war, no captivity. Interesting that it's the number 42, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I just found that to be like, inc- that's an incredible. It is. It is. Uh, feat. Like yeah. that's a, an accomplishment yeah. right there. I mean, um, that speaks so highly of her leadership. Yeah. Can you well, even and imagine? her wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and to come and out of influence. captivity. Like she, she, yeah. she took Israel out of captivity and then kept them out of captivity. Right. That's, that's unbelievable. Yeah. I think too, just the influence that she obviously had that the people were willing to listen to her, yeah. follow her. I mean, that's, that was hard to rope up a nation. Yeah. Right. Like to rope a nation up and, and have them live with you in peace for 40 years. It's a long time. Yeah. In those days, especially because kings were constantly being overthrown. That's long for us. Overtaken. Yeah. Unbelievable. Moses had a hard time for 40 years. Yeah. 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 I think the longest that um, Israel had ever had peace was in one of the judges previous to her, like uh, maybe two previous to her, and it was a period of 80 years. Wow. Um, But that's it. Like that's the longest Israel went without having any war. So um, mm. I think that it, it's a huge testament to her that they Absolutely. they were able to keep does it out talk of captivity. at all like in there about how, that God was with her like does it talk about their her relationship with God at Mm-mm. all? It doesn't really give any details. Isn't that crazy. It just says that she heard from the Lord like in specifics. Yeah. You know, like the Lord said, "You've got." When she gives the instruction to Barack of like going to war, it's yeah. specific like you go this direction and yeah. then you go this direction. That's crazy. I mean, it gives specifics of did. like where you, where he needs to go, what river he needs to go to, and so it was it, obvious that her relationship was with God was very intimate, was very specific. It wasn't like a kind of a general knowledge. Right. That the Lord yeah. really spoke to her and communicated to the people through her. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah it's kind of like a almost like it's just a given based yeah. on yeah. 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 
Um, so now let's talk about Deborah, Deborah the warrior. I love this. Uh, it was uncommon for a woman to step in the role of prophet. It was uncommon for the woman to step into the role of a judge in ancient times. Imagine how insanely groundbreaking it was for a woman to ride into battle yeah, as a seriously. warrior uh, when Barack said, like, he could not ride into battle yeah, like, without her. Joan of Arc, take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, that's, what, that's who I she's think of Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc. A lot of times. But, like, yeah. she's the OG. Yeah. yeah. But she was before Joan of Arc. Like, yeah. she... Yeah, she probably inspired Joan of Arc, actually. Yeah. Um, instead of like. The original BA. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I love that you keep saying that. I totally have started something with her. You did, because when you said I'm that, I'm a bad I was influence. Like, oh my gosh, she just said BA. <laughs> um, so, I, I, this was really power, powerful for me because instead of like mousing away from the fight or like scolding Barack and being like, can you please like be the man and just go and do this? Like, she stepped up to the challenge and she was willing yeah. for the sake of her people and for God's plan to ride into battle, which would be insanely scary for a woman. I mean, like I would be terrified. She, to knew. Ride into battle. she knew that they were going to overtake she knew it. That God was going to take yeah. care of them. Um, I feel like, and we kind of touched on this in the intro, like it would be really easy for her to be like, all right, Barack, listen up. Like I am already ruling Israel right now. Right. Like I'm having to judge all these people and their stupid issues. I am the prophet from God. So I'm like having him in my ear all the time. Like, can you not do this one thing? Yeah. Like he said, he's going to be with you. Just go and do it. Yeah. Like, but she didn't, she, she was didn't. like, yeah, absolutely. Like I am going to step go. in and go and do what the Lord is calling us to do. Like, but be aware, like this was God's calling on your life. And because you are not, like, willing to take a stand and do it on your own. Like, God's going to honor a woman in this, mm -hmm. which I think is really mm -hmm. cool. I love that. You know? Yeah. Which for men in that day is, like, that's right. pr a, a pretty huge, um, like, mm -hmm. you know. Kicking the, kick kick the, the pride, yeah. you know. Yeah. yeah. Slap in the face. Slap in the face. Um, so I want to move. I know we've got like a limited amount of time. Uh, <laughs> Monica keeps telling me how much time we have. And I'm like, no, we have so much. It hasn't been that long already. <laughs> um, okay. So really quickly, Deborah, the poetess, uh, in Judges five, you can read Deborah's poem. So it's like chapter four is what happened. And then chapter five is her version okay. of it. And, uh, the poem is regarded as one of the finest specimens of ancient Hebrew poetry. Um, and it's being, it's superior to the celebrated song of Miriam. Uh, this song of praise is found in Judges 5 and magnifies the Lord as being the one who enabled Israel's leaders to conquer their enemies. Mm. I would encourage everyone to go read it. It is yeah. very, it's just very beautiful. And you can hear it says like, awake, awake, Deborah. And it's very cool. I don't know. It's just very personal. And you see this really strong woman, but you kind of also hear her side of like, she had to wake up too and be, mm. um, be stronger than maybe she thought she could be. And I think that's really so neat. So that was kind of like her talking to herself. Yeah. Like a, oh, said, awake, a, awake, but Deborah. David did that a yeah. lot. Yes, like, David like, did. awake my soul, like, rise yeah. up my yeah. spirit. Like, that's yeah. really cool. But she came first. Yeah. Which is neat. Because you almost think, like, I wonder if yeah, David yeah. read some of Deborah's writings. Probably. I don't know. So why is Deborah important? I felt like this was important to talk about some of what, because of what Deborah did and who she was, um, some of the people that she's inspired. So throughout centuries, women have struggled to claim the same rights and privileges as men. Uh, in a staggering number of historical landmarks in the fight for women's rights, Deborah is listed as an inspiration and a precedent for women to serve as authors, teachers, legis legislators, judges, voters, soldiers, ministers, and working mothers. 
in it's early modern era. List. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's impressive. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> um, in, early, in the early modern era, numerous women claimed Deborah as a precedent for their own religious leadership and to promote religious education for women. Wow. During Yeah, during America's Second Great Awakening in the 1700s and 1800s, in, in its aftermath, hundreds of Protestant women, especially Baptist, Methodist, and African Methodist Episcopal churches, felt called to preach at revival camp meetings and lecture halls and, and church pulpits. And when challenged, many of the female preachers invoked Deborah as an example of biblical women mm. called by God to speak publicly. Awesome. Um, in the 19th century and early 20th centuries, uh, American suffragists asserted that since God had appointed Deborah to be a judge in Israel, women of their day should have the right to vote. Wow. Preach. Um, wow. Conservative evangelical Christian women in recent decades reflected on Deborah's story to help them deal with their conflicted feelings about working outside the home. Mm. Wow. And this is like three of like 20 things that I read. Like yeah, crazy. people in history who, women in history who listed Deborah and said, hey, like God appointed Deborah to do this so I can do, right. you know, whatever. I can vote. I can write. I can speak. I yeah. can, all of these things that women were not allowed to do for so long. Um, and Deborah was an inspiration for them to stand up and say, no, in God's economy, I am allowed to do these yeah. things. I think about her story, because we, last week we talked about the backstory and things that you don't see. Like, you see her being hugely successful, but you don't know the pain and anguish that she's going through behind the scenes. Like, what was it like for the men to embrace that? And even the women, because yeah. I'm sure that there were a lot of women who were very offended that she would take such a oh, yeah. broad leadership role, right? It isn't and have so much children. influence over their so husbands. So you don't know. So I was she, ask you know, about that. We don't know yeah. if she had children, so that would have been looked down upon. Yeah, right. Um, I can't even imagine like, we don't the know. backstories that went on. I would love to know. She's I would totally too. on my top list of like yeah. women I want to talk to that is when neat. I get to heaven. Because she, uh, she, she defies, like we said earlier, she defies every gender role that we deal with and today. Like in the beginning and, of the Bible, basically. Yeah, yeah she was early say, she's early Old Testament. Mm-hmm. And to me, that speaks to the fact that in, in God's original design, mm-hmm. he does have women in prominent roles and in leadership. And I'm not, you know, I know some people argue that, like, women shouldn't be pastors, maybe, or that women shouldn't mm-hmm. have specific roles in the church. And I'm not even arguing that. Like, take that off the table, mm-hmm. you know, if that's kind of like a, a wall for you or it sends up a defensive thought in your mind. Take that off the table. Mm-hmm. I'm not even talking about that. But I am talking about, like, in your community, mm-hmm. like, women can and should be leaders. And you listening to this right now can and should be a leader in your community, in your home. Like everything that Deborah did, you can do in your own life. Um, And if there is anyone telling you to sit down, woman, and stay in your place, woman, (laughs) like Deborah, like that um, Sarah talked about earlier on, like that is not of God. It just isn't. Mm -hmm. Like whatever they're saying, like your place is, God says, it's in a place of leadership. Yeah. It's in a place of humility still before yep. the Lord, um, of of discerning God's word, of a yeah. warrior. Like that is Yeah, like you can you can hear from God on behalf of people around you and you can fight in warfare on behalf of people around yes. you. And, Absolutely. And all of all of those things. Yes. Yeah. There is a quote, um there this Sarah Bessie is awesome. I would encourage you to visit her website. We'll link to this article. Um, but she kind of talked about, like, how when she was growing up, if a woman in it, um, tried to kind of 
in her church at least, and this is not all churches, but this was her experience, mm-hmm. um, exhibited any kind of leadership. She was often accused of having a Jezebel spirit. Right. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. um, and she said, um, I think we need to stop calling the spirit of Deborah the spirit of Jezebel because Ooh, I think that a lot of times it's the spirit of Deborah that we're talking about. That's interesting. And so let me just read this quote from her because I just really feel like it's so good. <clears throat> this is the thing I believe about the kingdom of God. It is for all of us. It's for the powerful and weak. It's for men and women. It's for the outliers and the insiders. It's for all of us. Hmm. And so there is no neat and safe and tidy box. Instead, there is a wild and untamed glorious riches of Christ. There is a Deborah and a David. There is Junia and Paul. There is Martha and Lazarus, Esther and Sarah. And there is you and me. In Christ, oh hallelujah, there is room for us all. Don't let anyone scare you from the battle, Deborah. God has called you, Esther, for such a time as this. Please, uh, people cloak it. Um, <clears throat> people cloak it in spiritual language, but don't be deceived. Anything that steals the very essence of God's calling on you—God's shalom, God's justice, God's way of life and living—as a warrior, as a prophetess, as a mother, as a teacher, whatever your vocation or calling as a woman after God's own heart—is a liar. There is a big difference between choosing silence and being silenced. Mm. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah. So my like final word for you, I know we're running out of time, would be however traditional or unconventional your calling, do not be afraid to respond uh, to God with willingness and an open, open heart. Love. Yeah. What about, um, so what are some practical applications then? Well, I have some, but I didn't know if we wanted to save them for uh, a, a, a practical applications. Episode. Well, we have the personal applications. Do you have, have any? Yes. That, okay. I do some have some. Ones? Okay. Yeah. I yeah, just didn't want to. Okay. Real quick. So um, these are our not personal applications. Is that right? Yes. Okay. So, well, I guess they're all kind of personal. I know. That's how I feel like when really I'm doing like them. I'm like, well, I think I kind of need to do that. Oh, I kind of need to do that one too. <laughs> I know. Um, so I'll just list one of them. Um Okay, so beginning to end, Deborah was God's woman. If the Lord has called you to lead others, consider taking Deborah's motto as your own. March on my soul, be strong. Ooh, that's Judges 521. You can tweet that. Yeah. yeah. March uh, on what? Uh, that's Judges 521. March on my soul, be strong. Uh, and so my encouragement to, to, for you to be like, I don't know what it works for you, if it's an Instagram post, if it's a tweet, if it's a Facebook, whatever. But march on, my soul, be strong. Put it in front of yourself. Put it in front of your family and friends. And uh, proclaim that that is God's calling on your life. Be strong. Be. Mm. Be strong. <laughs> so there I you go. Love, I'll I save my that. other ones for uh, okay. for the, uh, the other episode. The upcoming episode. <laughs> okay, well, that is fantastic. Yes, I love Deborah so much. Carry on, warrior, man. Seriously. I love that. March on my soul. Be strong. Yeah. Um, Sarah, will you close this out in prayer? I will. Father God, Lord, thank you so much for another time to be able to come together and dive into your word and study uh, women of the scriptures. Lord, I know that it has been so good for me and my soul, and I just am prayerful that it has been for others as well. Lord, I pray that your words will fall on the ears and hearts of those that you know need it. I pray that you will be with our listeners and whatever is going on in their lives, Lord, that you will meet them where they are. I pray also that you will bring us back together again for another week of recording um, and that you will be glorified and honored in all of the words that are spoken here. And 